0: Thank you for joining us this morning for our Bible study program Shi'ar Jashub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be concluding a sermon in my Husband's Series on Heavenly Authority. Pastor Greg has been clarifying the often confusing role of finances and money in ministry, emphasizing the proper attitude and responsibility required of God's people giving to His work, and the proper attitude and responsibility of those in positions of authority performing the work. Pastor has shown from scriptures that the Lord's worker is worthy of his food and wages, and the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Yet Paul laid aside these privileges so that it was clear to all that he was not abusing his authority. And Pastor discussed the heart attitude Jesus wanted of all his servants when he told them, Freely you have received, freely give. When we left off, Pastor had read and was analyzing the account in Matthew chapter 17, where those who collect the temple tax, the two drachmas or half shekel, question Peter whether his teacher pays the tax. Pastor Greg went back into the Old Testament to show that the half shekel was instituted by God and was used to support the temple worship. And yet, there was no appreciation by these temple officials of what Jesus, Peter, and the other apostles had given up in order to do God's will, as sons of the kingdom. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he applies the Lord's words here in Matthew 17 to the church and underscores the heart and Holy Spirit passion to freely give both on the part of mature believers supporting the Lord's work and those in ministry and authority doing the work. There's a
1: New Testament attitude that we're supposed to have a maturity in these matters, of understanding in these matters. We have to understand the spirit Behind the concept. Is it right to support the temple? Is it right to support the work of God? Is it right to support the laborers of God? And the Old Testament and the New Testament answer overwhelmingly is yes. Yes, it is right. But look what Jesus says. Look at verse 25. Jesus, by the way, knows by word of knowledge through the Spirit that what's going on before Peter. Peter must be coming back saying, How am I going to tell him? that I've committed us to pay something we have no money for. And he walks in the house, and he's put his foot in his mouth again, and he comes in, and before he can say anything, Jesus says, he anticipates him and says, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? And you think of the tax system, you think of the empires of the world how they would conquer a land, and the first thing they would do would be set up their governors and their people there to tax the people, to collect, to tax the people the tremendous burden and bring money to themselves. Who do they tax? Who do they take it from, the strangers or from their sons? Do they go into their, into their court and their sons and say, now give me money? No, right? They take it from the strangers, right? So Peter said to them from strangers, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. The sons are free. Freely you have received, freely give. The sons are free. They're sons of the kingdom. They're doing the work of God. Rather than being thankful, they're trying to catch them on a technicality. On something that was rightly given by the Father for a reason. To understand the obligation everyone has, rich and poor, to do the work of God to give to the work of God, but they're not using it. They're not concerned that, gee, we're going to be short a couple of half shekels and we won't be able to buy incense the next month because this man and his disciples haven't paid it. They're looking to catch Jesus and his disciples who have given up everything. What is their tithing percentage? What is their giving to the temple percentage? It's like 100%, right? It's not a half shekel. They're looking to trap him and rule over him and they've been doing that to the people also. They've moved from that mature spirit of cooperation, let's all dig in and do this, to a ruling over using the money as a means to benefit themselves and their control and their power. And it's very easy to take the same concept that's right. It is right and proper to give to the Lord's work. I read all those scriptures and twisted around to lord it over as though those who are giving are the strangers, are the ones to be used, are the ones to be manipulated. And that's the danger. The heart's attitude of every church, every church leadership, every minister should be freely receive, freely give. Like Paul, right? He has the right and the privilege, but he lays it aside. Now, Paul didn't have a family. You know, Paul was a lot freer. He didn't have a wife than the the other apostles, the other disciples. But would it make any difference to them either? If you got Peter, would it make any difference what he received, whether he was going to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ? Was the gospel of Jesus Christ for sale? No. So on one hand, you have the practicality and the heart's desire of every believer what it should be. And on the other side, you have the attitude of those ministering, or those under the offices, what their attitude should be. Freely received, freely given. And he tells Peter, look, we don't want to offend them. We want to do everything properly. Go and how He supernaturally provides the amount of money. Matter of fact, when you read in your, your scriptures a piece of money that was found in the fish mouth, that piece of money, uh, the word is technically air, which is exactly double the double drachma. Right? It's exactly the exact amount needed, a double drachma for Jesus and a double drachma for Peter. And that's what he finds miraculously in the fish's mouth, to fulfill all righteousness, not to offend, to do everything properly. Okay. But there is a wrong attitude that can creep into the church where you have ministers, ministries, lording it over like Gentile kings in the area of money. So you need, you need the right attitude in the hearts of believers, of all believers, to support the work of God as much as possible, to sacrifice and do that which is right and proper. And if you're a born-again Christian, it's automatic, right? No one has to tell you it's automatic. You want to should want to, and there needs to be the heart's desire on the part of the church and the leadership, freely receive, freely give. It's right to do it, no matter what happens, it is the proper and right thing to do. Try to shut us up. We want to shout it from the housetops. If you have those attitudes working together, are you going to have any problems in a church when it comes to money or finances or the ministries? No. When you have either side missing, then you have the problems. You have all the things. We all know the stories we could talk about. One last scripture uh, in Jude. Remember one time I said, if you want to see, we're studying wrong attitudes, wrong motives uh, in in leadership. I said, read the letter of Jude. It's very short, and and it gives a lot of detail. I'm just going to read a couple of sections of it. And you can see the thieves who come into the church, who use the faith, who use the believers for their own selfish purpose. In Jude, it's all chapter one. In Jude 1, verse 4, he says, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And part of the reason they allow for so much sin is if they speak against it, They're going to lose people, and they don't want to lose people because you lose the people, you lose the money, right? You go down, look at this in verse 10. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, or whatever they know naturally. Like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the era of Balaam for what? Profit and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame. Wandering stars, for whom is reserved the blackness, the blackness of darkness, forever. What words? He says, uh, these in verse 19 are sensual persons, sensual, fleshly, worldly persons, who cause the visions not having the spirit. But then he talks about the good news. But you, beloved, building yourselves up, verse 20, in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ onto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making distinction. You're going to find yourself in a position sometimes that you have to make a distinction. And you'll have a little different reading if you have the NIV. I'm not going to go into the textual differences at this point. Have compassion, make a distinction. But others say with fear. Don't show the mercy right away. Show the fear of God, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. You're going to have to make a distinction in maturity of how you show your mercy and how you preach the righteousness of God that they might... Fear the Lord God and show hate even for the garments of the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you forthless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to our God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you have given us depth in your word to understand. You have corrected the errors to the left and to the right. You have called us as mature, free Christians in your spirit to do that which is right and proper in your sight. As we desire, Lord God, to give to you by our time, by our finances, by our dedication, Father God, by our gifts that you have given to us, as we desire to pour out and show to others the holiness of your Son, Christ Jesus. Father, help us to rightly divide your word of truth, to go neither to the left nor to the right. Father God, to be in the fullness and the freedom and the maturity of your Holy Spirit, that your kingdom, that your church, that your kingdom would go forward the proper
0: way. In Jesus' name, amen. On our website at shiarjashub.org, you will find information about our church, a library of radio programs, and a link to our 1030 a.m. Sunday live stream on YouTube. You can then watch these live streams 24-7 on YouTube, Rumble.com, or the website itself. And the website again is shiarjashub.org.